Hello, this is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, and I'm glad that you have joined me for this episode, and I hope that you will leave a comment, uh, rate this podcast, and share it with your friends. We have an exciting, exciting episode for you today, so kick back and listen, and again, thank you for joining And here we go. This particular episode, we are going to talk about a lot of different things. I'm just calling this the hodgepodge episode, if you will. But I want to start off by uh, telling you again um, why I decided to name this podcast season with salt. It has to do um, with a great scripture in the Bible, Colossians, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. And it says in the New American Standard Bible, let your speech always be with grace as as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. King James Version, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man. I like this scripture because um, I think it gives context for um, the types of conversations that Christians can be a part of. Um, I um, grew up, um, and I won't say as a sheltered Pentecostal, but um, someone that did not have a lot of exposure to a lot of different topics. Um, And as I have gotten older and grown, I've really challenged myself to read and to learn as much as I can, um, which positions me to have um, a lot of conversation about things that um, at one point were foreign to me. Uh, Every morning I read the Wall Street Journal and it's interesting because I um, am often like, oh my gosh, I need to tell somebody this. I started uh, sharing um, tidbits from the Wall Street Journal on my Facebook page. Um, and that resulted in a lot of dialogue and folks have said, you know what, I really appreciate that you um, post those tidbits. And I do it because I believe that Christians and believers um, should be able to really talk about anything Um, and not from a secular perspective, but um, as Christians, we can season um, communication um, and, and, and topics with salt. We can share um, secular topics um, from a Christ-centered perspective. And so that's what I try to do um, with this podcast. So I appreciate you um, joining me. There is no topic that's off limits. Um, there is no topic that I'm afraid to talk about, I don't think. But I don't know. I don't think so. No. Um, so I'm thankful to um, all of the folks that join me. Um, and thus far, the podcast has been doing really well. Um, I think we're averaging about 30 um, listens per uh, episode, which is really, really cool considering um, that we have only had um, 11 episodes. So thank you for listening and thank you for taking the time um, out of your busy schedule and your day to um, share and listen to me. Um, and talk with me. Um, a couple of things that um, are kind of random, and I just wanted to. I um, 
I like to um, find um, the God or the, the or God-centered revelation in just about anything, and I kind it kind of I don't know if it was birthed through to, in, in my latter days or not, but I have this like vivid um, uh, memory of a couple of years ago we were driving down the freeway with uh, a mentor of mine, and I was asking him. Um, how he was able to cultivate such creative sermon topics. And I'm like, dude, how do you do that? I don't think I said dude because he's older than I am. But he um, pointed to like some sign on the freeway and then just started generating all of these ideas about it. And it was like, oh my gosh, like every interaction, and, and, and essentially what he was saying is that like every um, encounter that you have, if you look at it a certain way, you can draw from it. So, um, I'm reading um, a couple of um, sort of revelations that I had on my most recent Southwest airline flight. First of all, not first of all, but because there have been a couple of those I'm already, I'm sure. But I wanted to like make a blog that just was about like experiences and conversations that I've had with people on Southwest um, because I think it's crazy that you anybody can sit next to you and and because you can sit anywhere like people are making the choice to sit by you like based on where you're sitting what you look like so on and so forth but that's a whole different episode for a whole different day especially at southwest um but um in the magazine that southwest puts out um every month they had this really great um, article that said that 43% of the average bag of chips is air and I don't know why that like really jumped out at me I mean not that I'm like extremely surprised because I like chips and so I have eaten chips and I know that when you buy back like it has more air than it has chips but it just fascinated me because like we don't, I don't know. Why does it fascinate me? Now I don't remember, but I wrote it down now. Does it fascinate you? Like, are you, do you um, think about that? Like, uh, like, gosh, this has more air than it has chips. Whatever, forget you. Um, but anyway, here's the real Southwest thing that I was thinking about. Have you ever been on the plane and like just started thinking about the things that are happening around you. So you get on the plane, you get your seat. Once everybody is boarded, the stewardess, the airline representative begins to talk about your safety and what's going to happen on the flight. And sometimes they're creative or what have you. And one particular day I was on the flight. I usually sit in the front row, not because I'm first class, but because I'm first class, but also because I generally get on the plane first. Um, but I'm sitting on the front row. The, the the airline attendant is like really, really friendly. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Like opportunity to ask a couple of questions. So I'm like, what? Um, so how do they select like who talks on the mic and who doesn't? You know, like who gives the announcements about what's going to happen next? And so I'm having this conversation and I learned that the person who speaks over the intercom, who does the safety announcements or so on and so forth, that person gets an extra $2 for the flight um, or for the day or whatever it might be um, because they have that role. And I just thought that that was really interesting because um, 
it is the the airline saying that because um, of the um, uh, accountability and the responsibility that the person has to communicate important information, they get paid more. Um, and one of the things that, um, so I was thinking about this because this had happened on a couple flights ago, um, but I started talking to um, the flight attendant on the last flight I was on and I was asking her like, you know, is it just that you talk? And she's like, no, like if you're in the front of the plane, you have to do more. Um, you have to manage the restroom um, in the event that somebody's in there and people need to be seated. Um, you have a responsibility with making drinks. Um, there's some additional safety um, requirements. And I was just thinking about that, that old adage that we say all the time to, um, that um, to much is given, much is required. And I was just thinking about how much I appreciate that Southwest, for whatever reason, um, noted that the responsibility of the person in the front of the plane is greater than the responsibility of the person in the back of the plane and the responsibility that someone has to speak or to verbalize or to put things um, into the airwaves is so much valued that that person's presence is worth more than perhaps other people. Now, of course, that's important to me um, as a communicator, as a preacher, as a person that's a Podcast, as a person who has a message um, that people, not just for the money, but that um, the, the person who uses their voice um, it, it is valued because a lot of times, like, folks don't like to hear a lot of talking, right? Anyway, so I just was, like, really moved by that. And I had, and, and maybe I just thought so deep about it that it wasn't that serious. But that's kind of the, the thing that came to mind is, like, you know, we companies and people, whether it's individuals or companies or groups, we get to choose what we value and we put value on things. And for Southwest is safety and, and doing your job with enthusiasm. Um, and I'm sure that they are excited to get, to be the person that gets to pay $200, but also to be the person that gets to narrate an experience for um, somebody on a plane. So, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but that's how my mind works. And I spent a whole flight one day thinking about that because that's kind of the guy that I am. So I have been trying to get a better understanding of why people say certain things. And I guess I should preface this by saying that I'm not really judging other people for saying it. I just need to get a better understanding. But what I might be doing is just saying, here's why I don't understand why people say certain things. And maybe people won't change because of what I have to say about what they have to say. But I still want to say it. You know what I'm saying? Why, why do people say things like, you know, you shouldn't put, you shouldn't share your dreams out loud. You should be careful who you tell your ideas to. Like, okay. And maybe this is sort of like a secular thing, right? 
we want to be careful that we don't share some patent, patented, patented idea to like somebody who might take it or manipulate it. And of course, like we want to be careful, like that we don't tell somebody something who has the influence in our life to discourage us from thinking big and from thinking beyond our reality. So I get that. I get that. But in the spiritual context, I think it's really important. This is why I have a challenge with that, that kind of talk. To me, it seems like whatever God has for me is for me. He says that he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards me. So he knows what he's going to do. He knows what he thinks about when he thinks of me. And it is impossible. I don't, this is a strong word that I'm employing here, I know. It's really impossible for somebody with an opinion or a perspective or more know-how than you to undo what God has planned for your life. So I think we need to be careful like not to be um, the person who's like, I'm not telling nobody nothing, I'm just going to harbor it in my heart. Because the reality is, if you have something in your heart, like the person that God might be sending to collaborate or to um, position you to be um, in partnership with, you might miss that blessing um, carrying this attitude or perspective that you um, shouldn't be sharing what you're doing or what you're working on. Um, so I think we have to be um, careful about, um, and, and maybe it's not, um, what we share, um, maybe it's just how we share it. Like, if you know you have a world-class idea um, that you um, are working on that could be um, uh, uh, you know, and uh, uh, that you could be you know, trying to think of a word that would be um you know if you if you have a world-class idea that you um know um you could invent and make some money over i think that that's one thing but i don't think it's a bad thing to say god has given me something and i'm really enthusiastic about it and you know i'm asking god like who to talk to about it because i think that when we put things in the atmosphere i think um to in in some instances it's an act of faith it's us saying that we um um want to see god um manifest we want him to meet our faith with opportunity, meet our faith with provision, meet our faith with something. So I don't think it's a bad idea to just be like, hey, you know, this is what God, um, you know, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm dreaming about. And then, you know, determine that there, if you got friends in your life who um, cannot like hear you or are jealous of your accomplishments and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's the friend and not the dream that you need to get rid of. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I don't understand. Number two, why do y'all always talk about keeping your enemies close? Like, 
I get that you want to ensure you want to keep your eye on your enemy, but I feel again that that's this secular mindset of like, I got to make sure that my enemy is not like, you know, manipulating systems and like getting over on me. And it's just like, no. I actually don't want to be like moving and working in the shadow of an enemy, right? I mean, I think about um, the experience of David, like in his ministry and how so much of what he accomplished in his early life was centered around Saul. Um, And I don't think that his... um, mindset was, I got to keep my enemy close. I think that his mindset was, I got to be in fellowship with God so that he can show me what to do and when to do. And that will include the defeat of my enemy if I'm obedient to what God says. If I align my will with his, then it doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter the proximity of my enemy. So I don't understand why people say that. And I, I feel like if you're if we're saying stuff like that as believers, as Christians, we need to kind of take a step back and be like, why am I, why do I talk like this? Like, why do I believe that this is appropriate language for me to have? Like, that's 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 my thing. I guess that's what that's how I how I how I think. Continue to say it in your own context if you feel that it's necessary. But I'm not keeping our enemy close. I'm keeping God close. And then I'm allowing God. I'm positioning God. I'm, I'm not, not that I'm allowing God because he's all powerful and all knowing and almighty, but I'm, I'm, I'm submitting my will to God so that wherever my enemy is, God will have my back. And I think that's the mindset that David had, like, don't matter where they are, don't matter where Saul is, wherever he is, if it's meant for me to be victorious, I'm going to be victorious. I don't got to come up with no strategy to defeat Satan because the he the battle is already won. Satan is already defeated. So I don't have to keep him close. Right? I don't have to go to the club to find out what he's doing because I have declared that I have put my trust in Jesus the Christ. Anyway, I don't want, I didn't mean to get all into my, that preaching and stuff. So I, I mean, I, the other thing, I mean, there's a lot of things that I just don't. The other thing that I don't understand, and I have had this argument, and I know that people, you know, like, don't like to talk about church, like, as far as, like, non-attendance. But I just really don't understand how people who believe in Jesus Christ can just be like, oh, I don't need to go to church. I mean, it's like you go to work because you need money. And the result of the money that you make at work allows you to pay your bills. You go to the grocery store because you need to eat. And the result of what you get at the grocery store allows you to eat food, right? Like you do all of these things for results. And I just want to say that you go to church for results as well. Because God, um, he uses the man and woman of God that have been positioned over a flock. He speaks to them for the edification of those who will submit um, their lives to that appropriate, to that ministry. And then he pours into them and then they become strong. People will go to trainings at work to become better at what they do, but will say they don't need to go to Bible study. And in the day and time that we are living in, we got to get focused. 
whatever it is, we got to get focused on making sure that we are in alignment with God's will so that he is pouring into us what he wants us to know and where he wants us to go. And I think that that's why I'm questioning all of these sayings, because essentially what I'm trying to get across is that when we get in alignment with God's will, some of the things that we've been saying and doing will no longer make sense to us. How about that? That's all I got. So, based on those discussions, I have developed three really important affirmations that I want to share that I think um, align um, with what we've been talking about today. And um, the first is, um, I will be intentional about sharing my hopes and dreams. I will commit to um, making sure that I am yielding to God um, with regard to my hopes and dreams, assuming and assuring that they are aligned with Um, what he wants for me. And if I don't know what he wants for me, then I will ask him um, and I will be diligent in asking him. Um, So that's number one. Uh, Number two, I will be a person that I can be proud of. I will be a person that I can be proud of. Like, and I think this is important because sometimes we are the person that somebody else is proud of. And so we um, lean and depend on their validation. But it's important for us to be doing things and saying things and surrounding ourselves um, with people and circumstances and situations that help us to build confidence in who God has made us to be. And so our validation is that we are walking um, in our um, own uh, on our own path, um, and we are doing what we're supposed to do. Um, and the validation will um, manifest in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it will be um, what someone says about you on your birthday. Sometimes it will be the feeling that you get after you have done something that aligns with what and 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 wanting to experience that um, again. The uh, sometimes it's celebrating the passion that you have when you have done something um, that. That um, you know you did with your whole your whole heart, even if nobody else says thank you or you did a good job, it's knowing that. Um, and then third and finally, I will go where I can grow. Whether that's and that's my church, that's the 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 workshop that they're offering at work, that is um, the graduate program that I have been. Um, kind of putting off until later. That is going to Whole Foods rather than going to McDonald's. Wherever it is, I will intentionally identify places that will, by my participation, attendance, will equate to my own personal growth because nobody else is responsible for what I become 
if God has told me, here is who I've made you to be, and here is what I need you to do to invest in being that person. And a part of that is going where you can grow. Because when you get up and take a shower and iron your clothes or put on your dry clean clothes in your pants and put your key um, in the um the ignition and you drive to the place where you are supposed to be, where you will grow. God, and, and I believe this wholeheartedly, he will reward you according to your faith because there are a lot of people that do not have the faith to get out of bed, right? And so if you have enough faith, like see those steps as faith and go to places where you can grow. I want to thank you all for participating in episode 12 of my podcast. Hopefully, if you have heard something that encouraged you, that you think is beneficial, um, please share with others. Please give me feedback. Please talk to me. I really appreciate that you have taken the time to listen to Season with Salt. Um, Until our next episode, we will talk to you later. Have a blessed day.